everybody. Welcome to Adoption Hacks. I'm your host, Candace Laycock. This is part two of Ashley Peters' foster care story. While you're listening today, leave a five-star rating interview. It's super easy, and it can just be one sentence about how you like the show, but it helps the show so much. Yesterday on the show, we talked with Ashley about being on the same page as your spouse, extensive visitation, and birth parent empathy. Today, we're going to talk about talking to your kids about foster care and birth parents, surrounding yourself with community, and taking the leap into foster care if you're unsure. Here's our interview. How did your kids... Uh, handle everything the uncertainty the um, all of that yeah that's a really good question so in the very beginning um, my kids were let me see seven five and no four six and eight they were four six and eight when we got her and so we just told them look her mommy is sick And so she's going to stay with us. If her mommy gets better, she goes to her mom. If her mommy doesn't get better, she's going to stay with us. Mm -hmm. And so that worked out great for Mm -hmm. the kids' capacity of what to understand. So my youngest at the time, he was the baby of the family, and he did not take her arrival well at all. (laughs) Like, wanted nothing to do with her, would say, like, she smells, get her away from me. Um, And I think that's probably really normal. It Mm -hmm. lasted, like, a month, and now him and her are, like, the two best buddies, you know. (laughs) He'd do anything for her. They're, like, inseparable. Um, So they took it, I mean, they took it really well, and to be honest, watching my kids, I learned so much. Like, they don't question, should I love her fully, or should Mm -hmm. I hold back halfway so I don't get hurt in the end? Like, they just loved her. Yeah. They just loved her no matter what. And so when we would drop the kids off at school, you know, I would walk them to their class and they would all say like, oh, is that your new sister? Yeah, that's my sister. (laughs) I mean, no question about it. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I mean, I'm only, I'm, I'm pointing this out just to show just the innocence of children. But, you know, our, my whole family is like so fair skinned, our hair is light, our eyes are light, you know, we sunburn after being in the sun for like 10 minutes. And here we have this Indian baby, Mm -hmm. you know, she is so dark. And like, not once did any kids say like, why doesn't she look like you? Hmm. Or what do you, what do you mean she's your sister? You know, Mm -hmm. they just like all just kind of took her right in of like, oh yeah, that's your new sister. Like she came out of nowhere. (laughs) And it's just like watching that and they all just want to like love on her. I don't know. It was just so Mm -hmm. beautiful. And Mm -hmm. just the kids. Yeah. You know, they were never really worried. Now my eight year old, as time went on, would start to kind of push a little more of like, mom, why is she still sick? And what do you mean she's still sick? And so we did talk with her about like addiction issues. Um, but we've just been very careful to make sure that, you know, we talk very kindly of, of her, of both of her parents. Um, and just respectfully, just because kids also repeat things and say things that, right. you Take know. things out of context or, yeah. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the kids, that's a great question because that is something people have asked me a lot. But no, the kids just love. They just love without okay. hesitation. That's awesome. Okay, now my other question is, you mentioned that you didn't have any other friends or family at the time that were fostering. And it's. Right. I think it's so cool that, like, the idea just, just came to came to you one day when you announced that you were doing this how did they respond 
our family has always supported us. They definitely, like, whatever we say we're going to do, they're like, okay, you guys do it. Mm -hmm. But they were definitely hesitant, I think, especially both of our parents. I mean, they just didn't want to see us get our hearts broken. And I think it really scared them to know that that now we're opening the door to that possibility, you know? Mm -hmm. So they would ask a lot of questions. They didn't understand a lot, which I think, you know, most people probably find anybody outside of foster care is like, well, the parents did a bad job, so they don't get a chance anymore. Mm -hmm. And now you get to adopt. And it's like, it's just so far from that, you know, the reality. And so they would just be like, why, why is it still going on? Mm -hmm. You know, they Mm -hmm. wouldn't understand like that part of it. But what really helped them, I feel like understand is once we were able to kind of convey to them of like, you know what, none of our children are, are really guaranteed for us at any point, any of my biological children, you know, God Mm -hmm. forbid something could happen and I could lose them in second and Mm -hmm. so to not say yes to this one because we might lose her when in life Mm -hmm. that's just a reality we actually all have Mm -hmm. that kind of I think helped them to understand more of like okay this isn't a like we might get hurt so we won't do it it's more of just Mm -hmm. like this is the right thing to do and Mm -hmm. the effects of losing a child could happen at any point you know yeah that's really true and now after you guys have done this, have you seen others around you have the courage to say yes because of that? No. no. <laughs> Come on. People. I know. I'm like waiting. Um, I'm totally waiting. It's so funny. But you know what has been great is so many of our friends, even like our community, like the kids school, I feel like everyone just came around us and they have all loved her so fiercely Mm. unlike the way they love my biological children it was almost like she was a child of the community (laughs) like everyone just wanted to know how she was doing what's going on with her and that was like I don't know it's just an Mm. amazing special I felt like it's like our community has raised her you know not just us which yeah it is it is really cool yeah in our little circle here, we were, we didn't have that many people around us who, um, who had adopted or done foster care before. So when we announced we were doing it, it was almost like people didn't even know what to ask. They didn't even know, yes. like they didn't have follow up words for me because they just were kind of at a loss. They didn't even know where yes. to start. But I kind of liked it because I, it was like we get to teach you what this is like and we get you get to walk through this with us firsthand and see it all. And I thought it was kind of cool. Right. I totally agree with that. You know, another um, – I've started talking about it on Instagram. I didn't in the beginning. I just didn't even know what to do. Um, but I have a writing background, and so I just kind of started to write posts about it. All of this is like my own therapy of just figuring out how do I feel, how should I feel, how can I get to that place, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I just started sharing our story. And I mean, any time that I go on like Instagram stories and talk about something, I get at least one mom mm-hmm. that is like, look, this is something I've been wanting to do forever or this is something that's been on my heart and like my husband says no way or like I can't do it now but like I'm gonna try to do it later or you know all those kinds of things and that is like 
I mean, it just, if I'm getting that much response, I feel like on Instagram, imagine how many people, you know, in our country actually feel that way of like, they've, they've got that little whisper Mm -hmm. in their heart. That's like, Hey, you know what? We should try this. Yeah. So I don't know. I would love it. I mean, you know, if somebody, somebody else that we knew, like, did it but oh you know what this makes me think of this is one other amazing thing about an ffa is um we have a support group once a month and so we have made like best friends with so many couples that are fostering and that has made that has been a major game changer in like okay what part of the process are you in and Mm. you know how is it going and we've our first friend she had to her her foster son reunified with his with his birth family and so like navigating that with her and then just last month our first friend did an adoption finalization and going through them with that I mean it is just it's so great to have people that know exactly how you're feeling because as much as your family and your friends that have they don't know anything about foster care as much as they want to support you I mean it's kind of like you said they don't like what do I do where do I start what questions Mm -hmm. do I ask you know it's it's hard for them and so to have somebody that you know understands your, you know, exact heartbreak or fear or worry or excitement or joy, you know, right. it's it's such a gift. And so that has been a big blessing, just getting to know other foster families because, yeah, we didn't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it can be isolating. Those emotions are intense. <sighs> and so, yeah, that's if you can find a community, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so true. Um, okay, so what would you say to families who are on the line, who, like you said, the ones messaging you, who are just not sure if they can do this, but they're they're curious or they're thinking about it? What would you say to them? Right. So if it's if it's if it's a spousal issue, like one spouse is just not exactly where the other spouse is, I would just say continue an open conversation for as long as it takes and. Being honest with how you're feeling, but also just understanding that it takes everybody, you know, mm-hmm. a different amount of space and time to get to certain decisions. And I think giving your spouse the freedom in that is really important. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, people saying, oh, I, I can't now, but maybe when my kids are older or, you know, whatever financial reasons or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think you just got to take the leap. I really do. Because, uh, you know, for us for a while, like we were a hard no. And it was like, no, we can't do it. And I can't imagine if we had never taken the leap and just said yes, because Mm -hmm. not only have we added a child to our family, which, you know, just completely changes the future of our family, but my husband and I are completely different people from when we started this journey. I mean, it has changed us in ways I never would have predicted. And when we said yes, we would always say we felt like we're walking into a lion's den because we knew we were opening up our hearts, our lives to things that it was easy to, to keep out. But yeah. we we felt like, okay, this is important. We have to do it. And it has honestly changed us fully. And I can look back on this experience. Like, not only did we gain a daughter, but we gained some life experience that we both just really needed. And the only way that I feel like we were able to do that is by just being completely honest with each other at all times. And, you know, I 
I'm an emotional person as it is. And then I, I took on the brunt of a lot of the work with visitation, all the social worker meetings, all that, you know, mm-hmm. and my husband was very aware of that, of like, you, you've got a big load and I, and I don't have to manage as much of an emotional load as you do. Um, so he was just, I mean, every day during those hard times of like, what can I do for you? Mm-hmm. He didn't ask for me to like give anything to him because he knew he was okay at that point and that he needed to help me. And I feel like that just really, it changed our marriage, like for my eyes, through my eyes, you know, because I know that it was hard for him to see me hurting and how easy it would have been for him to encourage, like, let's just quit. This isn't what we thought. Okay, let's just stop, you know. But when I would tell him, like, I feel God telling me to hang on and he's like, then we're hanging on like let's just do this so I often wonder like what if I hadn't given him the time and space to catch up you know and mm-hmm. what if I just kind of pushed him and nagged and kept you know just kind of rushed him to that place like how there's so many different ways this situation could have played out yeah. you know you know if you're feeling like you can't do it I don't know just kind of experiment with like taking a leap into yes, you know, like just start small, start with, you know what, we're just going to do orientation. Okay. We're just going to take some of that, like just start at least learning until, you know, one of those doors is shut. And if they're not shut, then maybe you're supposed to be going through them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. Is there anything else you think we should, should cover? You know, I'll just say this, like maybe just kind of one other piece of advice that I feel like really helped me to understand. So towards the end, um, when we're waiting for termination of services, so termination of services happens, which just means the county is no longer going to help support the birth family in achieving their plan. And once they terminate services, they give them 120 days before they terminate their rights. And so the termination of services is really kind of that tipping point in a case where it's like, okay, once they terminate services, if the birth parents haven't done anything with the county support, it's, it's unlikely they're going to do it now. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you finally feel like you might know which way the case is going to go. That's kind of the first time. And so Mm -hmm. when we're waiting for this termination of services, I mean, this is when we would go, we would have these hearings and I'm not joking. You Candace, this got postponed like six different times. Mm -hmm like this termination of services hearing. And so it would get to the point where I would wake up in the morning on like the day of court and just be, oh my gosh, today's the day my life could change forever. I would just make Mm -hmm. this big thing. And my husband is like, why are you doing this to yourself? You know, we have no control. They might continue the case for months. Mm -hmm. And I told him like, I'm just so scared of losing her. Mm -hmm. I'm holding on to all of this. So like so much weight on this day because I don't want to lose her. I'm terrified of what that will do to me and he was like well you would make it and I'm like well yeah I would make it but that would suck like I don't want to do it and he's like he told me no Ashley sit here right now imagine your life without her imagine that you're still breathing you're still living you still have three kids we still have our home we have a dog we still have our family you would be okay Mm -hmm. and it made me realize like oh my gosh, I'm so fearful that I don't even want to think about it. I almost just block it out of like, no, that would be terrible. I don't want that to happen. I can't even imagine it Mm -hmm. to like, you know what? If I actually just stepped into that fear for a minute 
and like felt all those emotions, like, yeah, I would be okay. And so towards the end of us kind of waiting for this termination of services, it really helped me to just like, I'll be okay. And it's, it's true. I mean, is that the worst thing that I could possibly imagine? Yes. But like, I really would be okay. And we would make it through, you know, and Mm -hmm. having that understanding really just helped me to just get through those last few months where we were waiting for that court decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that, you know, that's the, I'm sure you hear all the time. That's the thing people always say when you bring up foster care is like, Oh, I can never do that. I can never have them taken away from me. But it's it's you're right it's just that thought they don't even go there with it and think through all the steps right. it's just kind of like hanging over our right. heads almost no it's mm. so true and it's funny that you bring that up because that is probably that's probably the thing I hear the most mm-hmm. and in the beginning when people would say that to me I used to think like do you think I'm just like cold-hearted right. and I have no feelings and like <laughs> I can do it but you can't like no this is bringing to me my, me to my knees this is killing mm-hmm. me but like we're making it through you know mm-hmm. but now like it's exactly like you said like yeah people are just scared to even think of that mm-hmm. they're so scared that they won't think about it mm-hmm. so they miss that they actually would be able to do it. You would be okay, you know? And how much better is the child for having been in just that stable, loving, comfortable home, you know? Right. Yeah, and uh, we had, I've heard you say it before, and there's another, we had another guest on earlier that said, you know, we're adults, we can go through hardships, and just, it doesn't mean, you know, we can handle it a lot easier than a child going through trauma if we say no. Oh, it's so true. That's so true. And you know what? Another thing I read this last week, they said, you know, there are people that are praying and they're just saying, God, like right now is not a good time. Right now it's not a good time. And God is responding saying, no, right now is not a good time for this child. Like I need you to be the adult that saves them. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so true. We are so scared to just experience these things things in life that we think are going to be so negative, you know, Mm -hmm. like fear and loss and grief. They seem like such negative things, Mm -hmm. but in reality, like we're all built to handle them and we're going to handle them differently. And it might take us, some of us longer, you know, it took me a long time to kind of get to a point where I realized I I can do it. I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. You know, we're adults and these children, they need somebody that is willing to take that, the risk of those these hard emotions so that they can have a successful life. And like in the right. grand scheme of things, like, man, my yes is so little compared to how much it could affect a child. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Ashley, so much for sharing this and congratulations on your thank you. adoption. That's so exciting. I know we're so excited. So excited. Um, so will you share your, um, your blog and your Instagram and everything so people can find you? Yes, I would um, love, I'll give you guys my Instagram because you can get to my blog straight from Instagram. So I am at Ashley Peters. So Ashley is spelled A-S-H-L-E-E and then it's double underscore Peters, P-E-T-E-R-S. So I would love to connect with anybody that's kind of considering it or if you're just in the midst of it and you need someone to listen, I would love to be that person. Thank you so much to Ashley for being a guest on the show and thank you guys for listening. Make sure you're following Adoption Hacks on Instagram and we'll be back next week for another episode. Talk to you then.